Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I want to see you in the pool with a weenie bikini on <laughs> and a shower cap. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can sell that. Did you forget? Yeah. Weenie bikini. Speedo. You forgot this is going to come up though. We for a I did forget now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. That's right. We're back. It's Thursday. We got more Chris Sims quarterback top 40 uh, countdown. Pauly Burmeister in the fold. He is wearing jeans, uh, so no weenie bikini. And I don't think he (laughs) delivered on anything as far as a picture or anything like that. Very disappointed. I didn't. I didn't. Go home. Leave. We don't want you. (laughs) No more use for you. done? (laughs) Yes. 90 minutes? uh, (laughs) I don't get this 90 minutes of you and your dad in the the top 40 countdown. First of all, I only attended the women's water polo practice so i actually thought of it okay but i think about how awkward it would be to that ask, would have been a very weird hey is there a speedo <laughs> and if there's not <laughs> hey can, can I, I take a can picture I maybe slip into one of yours like uh-huh. it just wasn't gonna happen okay i did think about you. all right thank yeah. you thank yeah. you i know you did think i i never doubt that about okay. you you're a thoughtful person yeah and uh we had a lot of fun with it and of course we had a few text message exchanges last night asking you about it either <laughs> way but good thing you're right in the this this era right now, I don't think yeah. that would have been a good look for you. Yeah, and people would be like, "That guy's weird." Uh, yeah, and is he trying to give us some like underlying message? What the hell is he doing here? So as, as much as I wanted to, when I was assess. actually willing, I, I I crossed that line in my head. Right. I was willing to do it yeah. for the fun of the project, but it just wasn't available. Hey, you you did good job. You self scouted thyself Myself, I in did. the situation. You I said, read the room. This isn't right. I <laughs> I'm said, not going to no. do that. Hey, hey, thinking of reading the room. Yeah. What's what, what? What is the deal? These things are real. I'm I, actually hearing myself in my own ear pretty well. We started off What'd right back in the day. We had fake ones, right? I know, I right? Know. Yeah. Right. So we're calling out the pod there. But people realized once they stood up and they could still hear me. But yeah. what did I do? That yeah. is the million-dollar question. Yes. I did nothing. I did nothing. What did Pete do? No. See? This is where we're going with this. I like that you're asking these questions. See, what has happened to me in the last week is I've realized Ahmed Farid has become really big here at NBC. Oh, I knew oh, that. Yes. You did? You yeah, did that? I did. Well, he definitely has. I mean, Chris asked for the mics yep. for fucking three years. And Ahmed got it done? Ahmed asked last week. Who did he ask? Um, the same guys, you know, Craig and Pop, who are in charge of these things. Hey, it sounds better. When I listen to other pods and they have these. He said that. Man. The next pod he was involved, they were in here doing it, hooking wow. it up. So I mean, he just asks and he receives. Ahmed is like such a like a, a, a nice, calm. Like you, you're around and like, how could you not like this yes, guy? Yes, right. But that's a diva move. Oh, it is a diva move. He wanted to sound better, 
he knew who to go to. Yes, and he got it done. I know, and he did that's it. That's high maintenance. But that's he's high. But even like how you're saying, he's so the way he approaches it and does it, and he's yeah. so nice. It's the best, and yeah. he makes it all about. It's really better for the podcast. This is not about and the me. listening, right? Yeah. He really sold it the right way. Yeah. Where I was like, I just like the fucking mic, and I like to talk into it, and I like to hold it sometimes and grab it. And you were doing that were even like, even you, it was fake. <laughs> when it was fake, you were always I, yeah, coming my, up to it. Yeah. I become obsessed with this mic through PFT. Yeah. Because it's right in front of my face for two hours every morning. And it is a little bit of a crutch. And I do like putting my hand on it every nice. now and then and yeah. talking and doing that. Yes. My is. problem, though. Yeah. Okay. You know oh, what I'm going with this. Know. I'm as, soon as, about this. as soon as I sit up and like, <laughs> hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm back here. Ahmed brought this up last pod. I'm back here, did he? Yes. He's, he's a fan of you. He watches okay. the pod when you do it. Yeah. And he goes, now, Paulie B with the lean back the might have back. some issues. I, I know. Now, you could bring it with you. I don't think I'm going to lean back there's and no hang rules. on to it. Okay, this, but is, this no just rules. feels awkward. It's no rules. It's Chris okay. Sims unbuttoned. Okay, so you could do it. Pete says great look, yeah. which means it looks stupid. Keep doing it. So yeah, we can make fun well, of you. stupid is right, the new Pete? cool. Stupid is the is new it? cool. That, it is. That's good to know. Yes, get yeah. you likes. Get you, you know, clicks. Clicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah Clickbait. You know, that's all click you do, me, Sims. Baby, that's, that's all, all you're in for. Yeah, that's right. So we got a good one today. We're going to hit on a few things as far as AMAs. Just got some people asking some questions about prior rankings, right? All of that. Big Phil, the fucker, the big fucker is back in the fold. Finally. Here. One o'clock. Yeah. yeah. And I think he's aware that I was talking crap about him last, okay. last week uh, when he didn't Word come on. back to him. Well, he texted me, are you going to just shred me if I don't come on again? So <laughs> yes. somebody told him. Yeah. And I said, yes, I am. Uh, so that'll be good. But uh, go ahead. You, you drive the ship from here. One other thing has happened yeah. besides Ahmed getting this done with the mic. Is this for real? We have a, a big time major like f- usable sponsor big time big time woodford reserve did ahmed do this too? i mean i don't think so i don't think he had a hand in this this one is that this is the debut of them sponsoring woodford reserve the top wow. 40 quarterback chris sims rankings so that's awesome that is so cool pumped about it yeah you know i mean it's i understand out. we're getting some to the house we're gonna get some to the house i'll Where send some go, your man. way golf no club. doubt about it some whiskey yeah. bourbon right yeah. i mean from kentucky it just seems like it fits big phil likes whiskey bourbon he grew up not far down the road i'm actually going to ask him if he's that's ever been to kentucky that distillery yeah. he knows anything yeah you know? Yeah, is it is it in the rotation of things that of of how you relax at home? I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a big dark liquor drinker on the usual. It's kind of usually a special occasion, or if like my dad or somebody I'm friendly with is drinking it, then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it with you, and we'll we'll hang and do that. Yeah, uh, it's something that I've kind of just gotten a little taste for. Like the last year and a half. Yeah. So so uh, I'm getting there is what I'm telling you. I don't know if I know the differences all the time between, oh, this is really good or this is what I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of learning on the fly. But it'll actually get used at our house. Oh, it's, I, a, I, it's a nice way to, to hang out at night. Actually, funny story. Since yeah. you said you were letting your 10-year-old watch Django. Yeah. Django? <laughs> right. right. Django. Okay. So right. <laughs> my 12-year-old, because I like to sip on it at night, right. he's like started to like read about it he wants to smell it and so like after a while he's like can i just like have this like a tiny 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 little taste yeah so every now and then he'll just kind of put it to his lips and my mother-in-law is in town and she saw this she saw it go happening on. and i know she didn't say anything right but I, the, the word bubbles above her head <laughs> oh yeah filed away yeah. reckless reckless father I say, of my he's, not, he's not really drinking it. yeah right he's not really drinking yeah it. i don't think there's anything wrong with that i mean come on you're just letting them taste it I mean, and honestly, too, when you're that age, it it doesn't taste good. 
Right. So you're probably like you might encourage him Should never to drink me again. That, that he thinks it does. Oh, that could. <laughs> you might be in tr- You might have one of those, huh? One of those kids, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it is. It's one of those weird ones too, where never had a taste for it. Never liked the smell of it. Yeah. It's like coffee, it, it, and then like all of a sudden I got to an age. It's, it's I guess, but then I got to a certain age where I smell it and have a few friends, and nice. I go, huh, I yeah. kind of like it. You're 40 now? Right, so You're I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm down, and we'll uh, talk awesome. about it more. Yeah. Okay, so we, we, we've got big mics. We've got bourbon sponsoring we got big us. money, big mics. We've got big mics. Yeah. <laughs> Keep coming back to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the, uh, the latest rendition of the top 40. We're going 25 to 21. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, got some good ones I here. I missed the last couple. Okay, so it, it's nice to be back in the fold here with twenty-five. Yeah, okay, let's go it. Let's do it. Twenty-five, Jameis yeah. Winston, New Orleans Saints. Okay, Jameis Winston's one of those guys. Hey, he's a hard guy to place. We know his top end play is special. It is, but we know again, it's the old adage with Jameis Winston. The the, the you know the bottom end play is really bad at times now I don't expect that if he does get a chance here to play with Sean Payton I think he's going to clean things up and hopefully he's learned from Drew Brees and his approach and all those things too but he's a hard guy to get a feel for exactly of where he is in you know this process right now because hey two years ago yeah he played from the Bucks and we know he did some good things but you know, was really, really careless with the ball almost that whole entire year. And still too many plays of like, wait, you've played too long and too good in certain spots to make those plays, as we've discussed. So we'll see. Can Sean Payton beat that out of him a little bit? You know, I would bet on yes, but I don't know that yet. You know, So Jameis Winston's one of those guys that I look at and I go, yeah, he's sitting here at 25. He ends up being the starter with the New Orleans Saints. Has you know he he's a he's a top ten talent in football when he plays clean and mm-hmm. smart and realizes like you know where the break is every now and then Not every play has to be the last play of the game or like you have to make magic happen that's the big thing with Jameis Winston I'm rooting for him and of course this is one of the most intriguing quarterback battles of of the NFL season I think he's in an awesome spot yes. for this way he started seventy games seventy games in the NFL right. He takes that body of work from elsewhere in the NFC South, and he gets kind of this reverse thing where every now and then a rookie quarterback will get to sit behind a really good veteran quarterback. Right. Well, he gained all his experience, some good, some not so good, and he sits for a year. 70 starts. Now I'm just going to watch Drew Brees. I mean, he threw a handful of passes last year. Right. Hardly played at all. Right. So he just got to exhale, watch Drew, I assume learn a lot from him, and now really battle to be the starter again. So – it's not the way they would have drawn it up when they took him number one overall in 2015. Sure, right, right. But I think for the Saints, the way the last six seasons have played out for him, I, I feel good about his chances to be good this year. I do too, and I, you know, I you know, I feel good about either guy who starts there in New Orleans. Right. I do, you know, and I look at I look at Jameis, and of course, yes, it'll be a different o- offense if he's the quarterback as compared to Taysom Hill. I think if Jameis is the quarterback, yeah, it's going to look a little bit more like the Drew Brees offense. Except they'll they'll be the more aggressive down the field element that you know Drew kind of lacked in the last few years because he was getting up there in age. Right. But it it is um, with Winston, you know, underrated athlete. That's the one thing I don't think people realize. And just I remember last year when I went back and watched film for the top four day. I just remember looking, damn, does he make a lot of plays moving around the pocket? And not like that he scrambles outside of the pocket and does Mahomes Josh Allen things, but he gets out of the pocket. 
and still makes plays there that way, maybe not to the extent I'm talking about with them, but there is that aspect. And then he does have size and toughness to just hang in there in the pocket and go, yeah. go ahead, hit me. Right. I don't care. I'm going to throw the ball down the field and do that. He rarely you know, loses control of the football in a lot of ways. I mean, he's pretty consistent throwing that way. It's about just when and when not to take a chance. And those are the things that he has to learn. And I would think that, yeah, that experience with, with Sean Payton and Drew Brees has, has changed his approach. Right. Now it's just going out there and doing it. That aggressive approach, especially the last year with the Bucks, he threw 30 interceptions. And, you know, that's why that kind of bought his ticket out of town. No doubt. Worked out well for him as we t- take a look at some of his stats, uh, 2019 with the Buccaneers. Those 30 interceptions really stand out. But in the four years before that, I yeah. went and looked at his numbers. He averaged 15 interceptions per year. Right. Kind of high, but not awful. Not horrible. Right. Drew Brees from 2006 to 2016. Yeah. Okay, that decade. Right. You know how many picks he averaged a year in New Orleans? Right, 14? 15. 15, yeah. Exact same as what Jameis did. I'm not comparing the two. Drew Brees, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He did so many things well. But in terms of Sean Payton living with that number of interceptions, he's done it before, and his team has thrived with a quarterback pushing it downfield a little more, definitely, and living with about one pick again. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I think you know Sean Payton. He's not going to be like over, you know, managing of the quarterback situation. I do think he's got a good way of finding the blend of being aggressive and yet, like, okay, here's the time not to. He right. he knows how to coach that. Drew, you know, lost the aggressive part because he lost the confidence in his arm a little at the end of the year, at the end of his career here, the last two or three years. I'll also say to that, like. Listen, I'm not even taken away from this. That's great stat. Football's changed the last few years, too, mm. where it's like, you know, kind of like you're saying, the era we grew up in, 15 or 16 interceptions was like, of course he did. Right. Everybody right. should throw that. All the good quarterbacks do. But it's, that's changed in the last four or five years where just turnovers, 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 turnovers are all anybody talks about. Mm. It's become a real big thing in judging the quarterback position to where, yes, that's a little much for this day and age now. Right. But, you know, again, like let's throw those stats up. And if anybody's not, you know, not watching on, on YouTube or anything like that, throw the Jameis Winston stats if you can, Kristen, one more time. Just because look at some of that stuff is really damn good. I mean really damn good. You know, yards per attempt, pass TDs. I mean, all those are towards the top of football. You know, but. The decision-making is the biggest thing, and that's why he was first in interceptions mm-hmm. and 28th in completion percentage. He has a little bit of that Brett Favre, I can fit it in there, make a play, do something that way. And the time sacked is high, too. It definitely is. Well, yeah. it's, the, it's the same disease. It's, let me hold on the ball. Let me see if there's something else I can get better. Yeah. Let me see if I can make this play. Wait, there's three guys hanging on me. I want to be able to still throw to Mike Evans down the middle. Oh, I got sacked. No, throw it away. Whatever, find a shorter completion. Those are the things he's got to get better at, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I would think he'd gotten better in all areas, but we just got to see it and, and see where he's at with, within his game. Before we move on to number yeah. 24, just because this situation is so unique in the offseason, uh, for this offseason, three former number one picks, number one overall quarterback, go to, or on a new team with a really good chance to start. Now, Jameis, that happened a couple seasons ago. Yeah. But you have Jameis Winston, you've got Matthew Stafford, right. and Jared Goff. Oof. Which of those three do you feel the best about their chance for individual success 
and team wins this year? Well, Stafford for sure, just because I think he's he's the man. I mean, I think Stafford is one of those guys that you know. I'm, I'm hoping the whole world's going to realize how good Stafford really is right. this year. Now that he has a team around him, be a fun story. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean that's what I'm I'm hoping for because I've always been a guy in his corner, and you know he's really damn good. So I'm going with him. Jameis is just predicated on does he get on the field and does he play? If he does end up being the starter, mm-hmm. I would say yes. I would expect him to have better results than Jared Goff. He's just got more talent. Of course, he's got a better team, a better, more proven offensive coordinator around Good defense. him. Good defense, right. You know, it's a little bit like the Carson Wentz thing with Jameis Winston here, where you can go, hey, it wasn't the best defense down there in Tampa. They weren't the same team they are right now. Right. You know, they didn't have a running attack, and he did have to – a lot of times kind of carry the team to a degree with the passing attack and doing those type of things. So I had a point I was going to finish off there, and I can't remember. I just totally blanked on it. But, but um, yeah, that, that, that to me is the overarching thing. And even within some of those negative stats we talked about there, the other thing, too, that gets lost in some of that, because we only talk about interceptions and touchdowns and completions, you know, the fumbles are an issue with him, too. Mm. All the same reason holding the ball, trying to make too much happen, guy hanging on to me, I'm still trying to throw it, he swats it away, whatever. And so too many of those plays led to the loss, losses of football games because of you know, his, his inability to reel it in a little bit. So we'll see where it goes. I'm rooting for Jameis. Um, but if he does become the starter with that team and everything like that. Yeah, right. let's, 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 let's watch and enjoy and see, see how he does. Jameis very much connected to number 24. Which oh, is, yeah. Which is uh, quite a hint. Actually, teammates. Teammates. With, with quarterback 24. I'm going with Taysom Hill. I gave him the slight advantage. Taysom Hill, number 24, New Orleans Saints. Hey, listen, it's tough. You know, I understand. Taysom Hill's not your traditional quarterback. From the traditional quarterback standpoint, I would rank Jameis Winston in front of Taysom Hill. But the thing is, tradition is gone. Sorry, the NFL has changed. Quarterbacks don't just stand in the pocket and pick you apart anymore. There's more to it than that. And that's where, like, Taysom Hill has to be evaluated less as a quarterback, but a little bit more like the guys that are in his mold of a type of court. A force, a force of nature. Yeah, it might not always be 70% picking you apart, but it's going to be more about his skill set, what it brings to the offense, and then the pressure he puts on the defense, where it can't be quantified with stats or quarterback ratings, but you can come away, and I can watch games with you last year and go, look at this. This team had to play this defense because they're worried about Taysom. So now this guy's open on a pass game. Oh, look at this. They're playing this defense because they're worried about this one pass play Sean Payton likes to run, and they got to respect the Taysom Hill run game. So now they're compromised and stopping this one area. That's where you have to look at the Taysom Hills of the world and evaluate it. So, yeah, I don't know if he's as good as a pure – he's not as good as a pure passer as Jameis Winston. But he takes care of the football. He's a special runner. He does throw the ball and have an elite power in his arm. And he's pretty damn accurate. He really is. And I just think that will continue to get better and better you know, as we go. I always, I said last year, he was towards the bottom of my top 40 rankings last year, and it was more predicated on, you know, yeah, the few snaps he got a quarterback the year before that and the preseason, because I remember that preseason just going, man, the 2019 preseason, I believe it was, where I just went, Taysom Hill's starting to look really comfortable at quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. he's moving the offense and doing things. Then we got to see four games last year. It was really, it was real good. 
You know, it was. I know they lost to the Eagles. It wasn't because of Taysom Hill. There was a lot of issues that went on in they that game. They went three and one of those four they games. They went three and one. Damn, exactly right. Yeah. So that's what I guess I'm saying there. It was a really tough call. Taysom Hill, of course, is a, a tough placement. But I am a believer in his top-end ability mm-hmm. and the fact that, again, just like we gave Jameis Winston, you've been there with Sean Payton and yeah. Drew Brees. Well, he's been there longer, and he's learned some things too. Uh, it'll be a different offense if he takes over. But, yeah, I'm going to give him the edge over, over a guy like Jameis right now. A lot can be read into the fact that you had Jameis 25 and Taysom 24. I- I'm reading into that you think he's just a tiny little bit better. Yeah. And that opening weekend, you would start Taysom instead of Jameis Winston. Is I that think, right? I, yes, it is. I, you know, all of that went into my thinking there a little bit. But yes, I think he's a little bit better and trustworthy. I guess I'll say from a standpoint there that 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 was one little part that doesn't maybe turn the ball over. As doesn't much. turn the ball over him as much. Exactly right. It's going to get a lot of simple defenses like a Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray at times because you're worried about the quarterback design runs, right? So defenses like, well, we don't want to bring this crazy blitz or do this crazy disguise coverage because if he keeps the ball and the backside guard pulls and Alvin Kamara leaves him up, whoa, we're going to be in a big problem here with run fits and things like that. So that's the pressure he puts on you. And I just think between the talent, some of the success we saw last year, you know, and let's not forget, I believe in those four games, like Michael Thomas was there, barely there, maybe right. just getting back into the fold, right? You know, if not there at all until the very end. Uh, so, and I just think I'm giving, I'm saying he's going to be the week one starter because he's Sean Payton's baby. This is his toy. This is his project. You know, so yeah, I think he's a little bit better than Jameis, but as far as the starting is concerned, you know, I've heard nothing but, you know, waxing poetically mm-hmm. out of New Orleans and Sean Payton love of Taysom Hill for the last three years. Right. You know, and I also have heard that Sean Payton's kind of excited to approach offensive football a little different way and those mm-hmm. type of things. Now, I don't think he's going to, like, go out of his way if Jameis Winston just outperforms him in preseason or training camp to where he'll be like, well, this is my pet project. I like him. I'm going to start him, even though this guy was better. No, I think it'll be a fair competition, but I think that Taysom has the edge at least going in mm-hmm. to where as long as he doesn't fuck it up, Sure, yeah. that I think he'll have the edge to be the starter week one. Did the organization basically tell us he had an edge because they both signed new contracts and his extension much more attractive than Winston's? Yeah, well, I think, you know, his extension was a little more on, you know, they didn't know the future. He definitively kind of looked like the future at that point. And, okay, we need a top-end backup and – he actually has a role in other positions in our offense. Like, he's valuable to our team, so we can't just let him go. So they right. paid him, like, yeah, high-end backup quarterback money, plus you do all these other things to make it – yeah, make his contract. What, what, what's, what's he getting? Like, what, what was it, Pete? I think it was a four-year, four $140 million. Dollar. Yeah. What, what, I mean, was it that high? Was it that high? Yeah. That's the max. I mean, once oh, but it wasn't real. Numbers, that's right. right. The, I'm forgetting. It's the one-year deal, basically. That's the way. Jameis I, was the one-year. I know, but yeah. the Taysom Hill was basically like a one-year deal, too. To, to just basically figure out the salary cap and help the Saints out. That's really what that was about. Yeah. 8.9 next year. 7.2 now. So they, and they added that little extension onto the end of it, right, was what, what he was supposed to get. Correct. So, see, so it was all about numbers it's moving and all that. Funny money. I would think that gets torn up this year or something else gets done. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he'd always been kind of a tease. I say always. Recently, the last couple of years, like, 
holy cow, this guy might be able to play. Wow, that looks pretty good. I wonder what it would look like if he had like his own set of games, not just to come in but to start for a month. He had that. You talked about how well he did. Right. Team went 3-1. and one. He was around 70%. You liked him before that. What about that month where he was a starting quarterback was even better than you thought it might be? I think just like his feel for the game and I think just his control of the football. Like where I was expecting like – yeah, this could be more exciting and fun because he's got a big arm and he'll be able to stretch the field. But I think the thing I was more amazed by was like, oh, pinpoint back shoulder throw. Whoa. You know, little quick stick route that you see, you know, Breeze be so good at, like look off the linebackers just a little and boom, put it right in the right spot in a tight window for a short throw. Like all of that was really smooth and better than I thought. I mean, listen, it, it was 70%. Yeah. You said what you want. And I would tell you that 70% with probably a higher degree of difficulty of throws to what Drew Brees got, you know, and I'm not, not, not trying to be disrespectful to Drew Brees, just the fact that, again, Drew Brees' arm wasn't quite the same, so they didn't dial up the aggressive down the field throws quite as much. Um, so that that's something I see, and, you know, you, it, it kind of says that too. Taysom Hill, what, 72.7% as I look at the stats here. Yards per attempt were better than Drew Brees. You know, and then of course had the four touchdowns and two interceptions. And you know, again, you can't just look at quarterback stats with guys like this. That's not fair. You're 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 lying if you're just looking at that. You have to look at the run game stats and what he does there. That's a real part of his game. And I think he was over five yards per attempt as a he starter, was. as he was just kind of as a supplement novelty piece. Third team, third on the team in rushing, second in touchdown rushes. Yeah, eight touchdowns. So you got to put that into the game plan too. You know, we can't just come away with. I know I whack. I talked about this or ranted a little last week. We can't come away from these running quarterbacks and only talk about their passing numbers to make it convenient for your argument that they're not quite good enough. No, that's not fair. I wish people would stop doing it. I think when they do touchdown passes or anything like that, it should always have to – you have to put the other stuff on there too. It's it's a part of the game. It's like sometimes I see that with Josh Allen where they do that. And I want to go, but he had 14 touchdown – you know, 12 touchdown runs. But nobody talks about that. Because uh, we'd, we'd rather pick apart the passing or something like that. But that's a part of evaluating this, and it's not your traditional quarterback, but I'm excited for Taysom Hill. And if you like, uh, if you like the Saints or if you just like watching offensive football and a very good head coach with a new challenge, Saints will be fun to watch Definitely. with Jameis at 25 right. and Taysom there at 24. Bringing us to Michael Jordan's number of 23. 23. Michael Jordan's or LeBron James' number? Ah, uh, we'll go with Michael. Old school. Yeah, Old we school, got it. Well, Michael got yeah. it first. He's the man. All right. So, all right. Number 23, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, here's my first thing I want to say about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He went to Harvard. Did you know that? I know. I'm joking. <laughs> so I feel like it's hard. everybody always says that. But here's what – this is my first thing, and I wrote this down on one of my mock top 40s that I wrote because I wrote the list out like five different times. Of course. Fitztragic is over. Get over it. It's done. See, I'm not going to hold myself to that thought anymore. Even though, like, listen, that was a real thing for a time where it was either Fitzmagic or then the next game was Fitztragic. We've seen enough years here of it's not really Fitztragic anymore. That's just that's bullshit old stuff. Let's evolve. Let's self-scout thyself. Two years, Miami, 33 touchdowns, 21 picks. That's not bad. That's not bad. Not great. You know, it's, it's not, not perfect. Right. Exactly right. You know, but again, too, you can, you know, we get into their team, how they played, lack of playmakers or receiver, all tragic. those things. It's not tragic. Exactly right. Yeah. That's the point. And Fitzpatrick. Patrick, too, you know, he brings an L, he brings a few things to the, the team. First off, he's aggressive. 
he makes plays in the pass game with his arm and his aggressive decision-making and things like that. And you can see he's grown here just in the last six seasons in all statistical categories. But the other thing I'll, too, I'll give, you know, where I gave Ryan Fitzpatrick maybe a little bump too, as compared to other guys that we don't look at as like big-time stars or, you know, franchise-type quarterbacks, moves pretty well, moves way better than you think. Every game you watch Ryan Fitzpatrick, there's a few scrambles or runs where you go, man, I, f- I forgot he can do that. It was third and eight, and he got a 10-yard gain, stuff like that. He's very good at that. And, I, listen, you don't have to agree with me. Here, you tell me. Yeah. I think he brings a little edge to the football team. I think there is a leadership factor with Fitzpatrick. Even though everybody knows he's not the franchise of the future, he has a way and an edginess about him and how he acts on the field and he does all these crazy things and mm-hmm. his beard and, oh, the guy pulled my head off and I still threw a 30-yard completion for a first down in the Raiders game, right? There is yeah. an edge about his game that is infectious to a football team, and that's why I gave him a little bump too. I think he's got a real chill confidence to go along with the real risk taker exactly as well. right it's not right. like he's cut down on his picks by saying you know what i'm going to dial this back and just throw the out route i'm going to check it down like, he hasn't really done that he still has that kind of carefree i'm going to watch this guy because he might just chuck this one 30 yards downfield no see if he can fit it in there right he still has that but he, he's not turning it over as much. Definitely not. And he's got that kind of feel to him where someone in their 30s, that much experience, I mean, that many teams, he's on his ninth team. It's unreal. At some point, you just kind of start to wear that in a way that you can't measure statistically. But you're you right. just You watch him, you're like, it'd be kind of fun to play with that dude. It, exactly. I, th- I think that's, what it is. Th- that, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, your, your thing with the interceptions, like, it's like what we talked about with Jameis. You know, Ryan found the governor or the break a little bit to go like, wait, this is aggressive. This is stupid. Right. He found the difference. And that's where I think he's evolved. And listen, the way he played last year, he was totally justified. He could have stayed there in Miami and been the starter one more year. There's no doubt about it. His play was good enough to still be the starting quarterback there. Let's not forget that. He got replaced and moved on because they drafted a quarterback in the top five, and they didn't want any more problems with this conversation. It didn't look good last year that the top five pick did not look as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. It's caused issues. So that's why he's out of there. Great signing by Washington. Ron Rivera's already sending them signals about how talented the offense is, and Fitzpatrick doesn't need to do it himself. Right. So he's working his psychological magic into like, I like your aggressiveness, but you don't need to be crazy. I'm a defensive <laughs> coach, okay? And they do they, they got weapons. I'm excited to kind of watch them on offensively this year. I think they could be one of those teams that kind of sneaks up in the league where we go, whoa, they're explosive. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, there he is, number 23. Definitely put a, a, a check next to it when I read that Ron Rivera recently said, our quarterback, unlike in Carolina, he's like, I'm learning as a head coach. I don't want the quarterback to have to do everything. You saw that, right? Yeah. Right, which was an interesting comment to basically admit that, man, Cam Newton had to do everything for us a little down there. I think it's two birds with one stone. He's yeah. acknowledging something he learned from his own past. Right. He's also sending that message to Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Like, we don't need all of that. Yeah. That, bringing me to this question that I right. want to be sure to get to, can yeah. Washington be the best team in the NFC East? Definitely. If their quarterback is the 23rd best in the NFL. Definitely. Yeah? Yes. Yes, 100%. You know, Jared Goff was probably around 23, and they went to the Super Bowl that year, you know, for me. So that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything to me that way. They can. He makes enough plays. That defense is special, as we know, and it only got better this offseason. It really did. You know, I, we, with other, whether it's the, the draft pick uh, the out of Kentucky, linebacker. right, yeah. uh, Davis, yep. right? And then, you know, the uh, 
the uh, my man William Jackson at corner from Cincinnati. Yep. So you get him. Yeah, got Curtis Samuel on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. Got my mofo Diami yeah. Brown as yeah. your third receiver now. You know, we'll see. I hope Antonio Gibson's turf toe is okay because right. it's supposedly still giving him a little issue here. I just read something on Twitter that like he didn't get surgery and every, he's talented. They need him. But I think the Washington football team is, yes, one of those handful of teams that I would just go, I know they made the playoffs last year. We didn't think they were a real threat to do anything, right. but watch out for him this year. I really do. I think they improved the parts of their team that were a question, and uh, I, I look for them to kind of make a jump. They're going to win. I'm taking them to win the NFC East. Yeah, right now. I'm just telling you. I've I've already said it before. I'm going. Go, I'm still going with it. Washington will win the NFC East. Would you rather have his beard or his Ivy League education? Oh, more impressed by. I'm sick of his beard, actually. Go Ivy League. Yeah, I'd definitely like to have his brains, without a <laughs> doubt. Yes, I definitely would. Harvard and Texas, similar. Uh, not exactly. <laughs> not exactly. All right, 25, Jameis Winston. 24, his teammate, Taysom Hill. 23, Ryan Fitzpatrick, bringing us to 22. Ooh, 22. Guy I got a lot of crap for. Everybody thought he should have been in the top yeah. 10 halfway through he the year He was in the year. top 10 two years ago. Two years ago he was, yeah. but he's not right now. We gotta, I got to see more. Big Ben. That's right. Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben. <laughs> yes, he's there. I got to sing again. That's so fun. I think the bass is even better uh, in, this, yeah. in this new mic. I've gone to you know opera singing when it's Big you Ben. Sat there. up nicely. Oh uh, yeah, Big Ben, yeah. Big Ben. Uh, man, I love me some Big Ben. Yes, he's fallen down the rankings a little bit. I think, I think it's pretty obvious of why. Come on, anybody watching football last year, it wasn't his best year. There's no doubt about that. I don't know how banged up he was. I know he played through some knee injuries and things like that. He was coming back from the elbow surgery. Yeah, I get it. I know he had to deal with that. You know, I still think he's got talent. I do. I still think you can win a Super Bowl with Big Ben. But, you know, it was it was underwhelming towards the end of last year. Whether it was, but you were on it even before it got bad. I was last year. They they were through Thanksgiving. Yeah, they hadn't lost. Uh huh. They eventually won the division title, sixty-five percent, thirty-three touchdowns, ten picks. But we were having these conversations in September, October, November. You're like, don't don't pay attention to the stats and the wins. This isn't what it used to be. No. What in terms of the optics? What were you seeing even before the four interception playoff yeah, game? Yeah, like I was excited the first few games of the year. And I thought, my arm looks good, and he was moving around a little bit. I know he's acknowledged he banged up his knee, I think in the first week of the year against the Giants a little bit, but then did it again like maybe week four or five where he kind of got both knees in one game. And I thought when I went back and watched film, and I said this because I did this earlier this offseason, where I I saw a definite significant drop in his game at that point. Week four, I think it was, maybe week five. With just lack of movement in the pocket, everything became the dink and dunk. Let yeah. me look for the short throw. And listen, I don't know if that's all him, but I think, of course, he has a great influence in it. He acknowledged he might have changed some run plays to those type of pass plays. And I also think that, you know, Randy Fickner and all those were probably bowing down to Big Ben to a degree and to what he wanted to do as well. And I still think he's got a good arm to make big plays down the field. I saw enough big throws last year. And I know the other day, like, Paul, he made a comment like, oh, I did have reconstructive surgery because he was, he was asked about his lack of deep ball throwing. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't at 100%. I can't sit here and say, though, on film that I felt like his elbow was a part of the issue. I don't think that. 
He let he was second and third in football in passing attempts. So if his arm was really bothering him or not 100%, I don't think Pittsburgh would have thrown the ball 608 times is what I'm saying. And I believe that's the exact number, if I uh, recall correctly here. About 59, sit up here, 59% of the throws short of the first down marker. That led the NFL. Led the NFL. Became predictable that way. It definitely did. And I don't know how much of an doing he had in that. But right. lack of mobility, sometimes lack of aggressive throws down the field, all of those things – I think that's where right now I just question where Big Ben is at, you know, and that's why I put him at 22. Yeah, I, 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 that's, that's really the biggest reason. And I, I just I do want to emphasize I do think they can still win with him. This mm-hmm. is not like, oh, man, he's 22, it's over. Right. No, they just gotta, they got to do the right thing on the offensive side of the ball to help him and be the best team they can be with this current roster they have. Yeah. And that's, to me, what I've said on PFT many times is going, they got to take the Brady and Buccaneers route. That's, that's what the – Which is? Which is protect them, run the ball, and then when we do drop back, yeah, we're pushing the ball down the field, but you're protected. Mm-hmm. I, we know you're older. Your body's beat up. And that's what happens to these old quarterbacks. You heard me say that about Brady the last two years. Yeah. You know, that was my problem in the last year in New England. There was too many drop back to pass, kind of peeking over my shoulder. Wait, there's somebody open downfield, but he's already moved on to the short pass because he didn't feel protected. Tampa didn't do that. Tampa was all in on make Tom feel good. Pittsburgh's got to do the same thing if they want to win the they Super Bowl. And do that. Harris? Yes, exactly. They're trying. First round. I think that's yeah. probably the focus of the organization this year. Attitude, physicality on the offensive line, run game. We can't expect our 39-year-old quarterback to carry the team with 45 passes a game. Right. Not realistic. So we'll see where Big Ben goes. I root for him. He's underrated in the all-time pantheon of great quarterbacks in the history of football, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think he's an all-time great, borderline top 10 in the history of the sport, I think. Yeah. I do. Uh, but, yes, not right now at this moment. And of that 2004 class, the first-rounders with Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers now having retired, J.P. Lawsman retired a while ago, yeah. so he's, he's the one still standing. One of the most enjoyable parts of your quarterback countdown for me is that I'm forced to not only look at kind of like, okay, what did he do last year? What were his numbers the last couple of years? It kind of forces me to get in this exercise of pull back a little bit and look at, look at these quarterbacks from 10,000 feet. Yeah. And one of the things I wrote down that, that I came up with looking at Ben at 22, in the AFC North, we haven't seen Joe Burrow yet. Of course, we haven't seen Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson in this ranking. They're coming later. So Ben Roethlisberger, the, the last-rated quarterback in the AFC North, feels, I, feels crazy to it say. It does feel crazy to say it out loud. I, I, it makes me feel sad sometimes. It's but one of my problems. you still think that they can, they can win double-digit yes, games? Yes, I do. And I think if – I mean, he's you know another guy that – listen, I don't, he's not going to get back into the top ten. Those days are over. Yeah. But if I could see just, like, little improvement and, you know, popping – you know, hopping in the pocket and moving yeah. around that way and – you know, playing the game a little bit of a different way, he's definitely a guy that could be just outside the top 10 still. I believe last year, what did I have 14. him? 12, 14, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, right? So that's where he's – I still think he can get back up to that range. But it's hard for me to put him in front of some of these guys right now with the – with. You know, again, I don't think it was as good as everybody thinks when they were ten and zero, and everybody was trying to shit on Chris Sims. How oh, he's a ten and zero quarterback? Oh my gosh, how could you have him not in the top ten right now? Okay, so that was overrated. And then we saw towards the end of the year there was a lot of underwhelming spots, including the playoffs. So that's where 
I just gotta gotta see more uh, and gotta see a little improvement there to to bump him up. One way to look at how much experience he has, think about how much the league has changed since '04 when he came in. We played as a rookie. He, he started playing the way some of these guys are now. You're Baker Mayfield. There's plenty of guys running around, throwing off schedule. It was different when he was doing it. I mean, he, he, was, he was a cut against the grain, literally and figuratively, the way he started playing in 04. With, definitely. He was a, a bit of a pioneer. I, I agree. I, I think he is a, a little bit of a pioneer. He's not like a mahomes Roger scrambler, right? But he had this – first off, he's the king of the pump fake in his prime. Yeah. I mean – Nobody was better at, I mean, just, huh, oh, sit in the pocket, move around. And then he was like Fred Flintstone with the little short steps, and he would run around, and he'd be like, man, he's not that fast or that quick, but he's avoiding people, and he's got people hanging on him, and he's still throwing touchdown passes. Yeah. But that's where I think he's, he is underrated, let alone like in the all-time fashion. So I think he is that way. And, you know, here's another thing that I, I, I just – I don't know if all fans realize this. They went to two Super Bowls. You know, his second and third trip there, mm-hmm. where their offensive line sucked. And I would go, I'm telling you, if you went back, they were one of the worst in football those years on the offensive line. This is the, the Super Bowls in Tampa and the Dallas? One, the, exactly right. They okay. were not good offensive lines. He got hit a lot. They had, they had protection problems and all that. It, it's why his body fell apart a little bit. Yeah, the style of play, but, man, he was getting beat up by not great pass protection and all that. But they knew at that time he was so good at throwing with people around that that's kind of where they cut some fat on the salary cap right. and did things like that. He was that great to overcome it to where I would go at that time. I don't think there's a lot of quarterbacks that were playing in the league that could have overcame the obstacles with that offensive line. So right. I, I'd want to make sure I'd give a legend, a first ballot Hall of Famer, his due justice. But yes, right now. I got some questions about his game, and uh, we'll see where it goes. I root for Big Ben. I really do. I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan in the Steelers anyways because I know Mike and my back in my days in Tampa. So uh, it's just natural and easy for me that way. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One more quarterback left on the five we're getting to today. And we're going way out west. Another super interesting we're going quarterback way situation out west. at 21. I know. We're going Jimmy G at 21. 
Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G. Oh, there's my man Kyle Shanahan. We're in our Texas uniforms. Woo, 1-87. and That was a deadly combination. You look sleepy in that man, Yeah, it was after a game, too. Was That's, it really? Yeah, it really was. It was after a game. You wore yourself out. I probably did. Yeah. You know, I was kicking somebody's ass in the Big 12. <laughs> it was tiring that day in that Texas heat. You know, it was just not easy throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game. Jeez. Somebody Woo. had to do it. Somebody had to do it. It might as well be me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Jimmy G, 21. Gosh. Availability is an issue. Let's just start right there. First term I had written down. I mean, of course. How, how, it's the first thing you have to think about. It's yeah. why the 49ers drafted a quarterback in the first round. Let alone, you know, listen, I understand people are going to be able to look at it in a base way. And Jimmy G does a lot of good things. I don't, I don't want to, you know, totally crap on him here. I'm not, it's not about that. Okay, because there are a little good, a lot of good things, and I'm going to get into that. But also, too, I guess I'm just fighting back about what I, you know, people say to me, and I hear sometimes, oh, well, look at his record; he never loses. Oh, every time he's out there, I get that. That's a good thing too. But damn, there's a lot of quarterbacks we could have put on that 49ers team, and they're going to win games. You know, even high quality backups. The problem with the 49ers and why that stat looks so crazy sometimes is the 49ers have dropped the ball on good backup quarterbacks. They've had crap there. So they've lost a lot of football games that he's not in there just because it's, it's below average backup quarterback play, right? And even when he's healthy and, yes, they win and all that, they've sent you the signals, yeah, we're winning. We don't think he's playing good enough still. They've, they've been telling us for two years everything. Just listen to John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan. And let alone all the things we know about trying to trade or get Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford and Sean Watson and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to trade. To get the... So they're telling you that, yeah, health is an issue. But even when he plays, we're not exactly in love with it. We're not like, oh, man, he's awesome. We want to keep him for 10 years. There's issues there that way. You know, he's physically limited in his ability to move mm-hmm. in the pocket or extend plays. And then his arm is really NFL average, but he has a quick release and great, like, anticipation so that saves him a little bit and that's where he's really good man he is good in the pocket and ooh, people are around and he can kind of get his feet awkward and just flick it and do things like that and get the ball out of his hands really quick so I love that aspect of him but is he going to make plays out of the realm of the offense a whole lot absolutely not and to me that's where kind of he falls into the 21 category which issue caused him to fall further in your mind out of 21 is it the availability which you said right away or is it his level of play when he is healthy? It's a little bit of a combination. I think the availability was probably the most prevailing thing that like, I thought of right away. right? But, but two, like, yeah, I think it's the rest of that to go with it. Whether it's, yeah, I know early last year they won some games. He was playing good. But I wasn't sitting there going, oh, wow, this is amazing. You know, hey, they lost to Arizona in week one. You know, what was it, week two? Was that the Jets game or the Giants game? I get him confused because weeks two, Jets game looked pretty good, but that was the week he hurt his ankle, right? So you're going, okay, things are looking good, but even in those two games, I wasn't sitting there again going, oh, wow, he's blowing me away with plays and throws and movement and all those type of things. Absolutely not. So, yeah, I think it's that. You know, maybe even a little bit of the taste of the year before in the playoff run where he was kind of incapable of making some big plays against the better defenses in football that year, all of those type of things. So, you know, big bet. I mean, uh, Jimmy G is a good quarterback. To me, he is system dependent. Mm. He, He needs a system that is foolproof. And then he can execute it and you're going to win games. But 
if the system doesn't deliver, I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to make a few throws or a few plays in the pocket where you're just going to go, fuck right. me. He did it. They won the game. Unbelievable. So they go out and make a massive trade right. to go out and get a quarterback who maybe he isn't system dependent. Next question. What do you see as more likely this season? Jimmy Garoppolo plays well. They're a major factor, maybe even a force in January. Or Trey Lance takes over early to midseason, and that era begins. Uh, I think if you made me bet, I'd probably take option one. But I feel like this is something my dad said to me early on in the process, and I know he's going to be calling in here in a second. I would think there's still going to be, like, it could be a year where Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy, but there's going to be, you're going to see Trey Lance in every game for a few plays. Maybe the way Taysom Hill used exactly. to do it. Exactly. Like, hey, here's a series. We got a few runs for him, an easy pass off these runs that we had designed for him. You know, experience is an issue with Trey Lance. The fan base is excited. We traded away three first-round picks. So, like, you you kind of satisfy that need. Shanahan can kind of get his head around how he wants to attack offenses for the future with Trey Lance. But, you know, the rest of the team doesn't have to go through the learning curve because they are in the Super Bowl window. I mean, they are. Damn, the 49ers are good. So I, th- that's where this whole thing with the 49ers is really interesting because they could go 13-4 and four and be the number one seed in the NFC with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you just go, okay, so now what are you going to do for 2022? Yeah, yeah. Right, and they, but they're going to have to go to Trey Lance, I would think. At some point, for but, sure. But, yeah, um, so that's where I'm at with Jimmy G. Again, I like him, don't love him. There are physical limitations to his game, but he does know how to play the position. And like I talked about, he's – He's kind of good at hopping around in the pocket, you know, not needing to be in a perfect spot to throw a, you know, 10-yard curl or 15-yard curl down the middle. His feet can be cockeyed, and he can kind of flick it there with his arm, and he's got that quick release. But, yeah, like I've said, uh, if the schematics fail, he's not the guy that's going to carry your team in a bad moment. Pete, do we want to take a look at the comeback player of the year odds first? Okay, we will do that later. Uh, In partnership with Woodford Reserve Bourbon. Way to go. Way to go. Chris. Woodford Reserve Bourbon. Yeah. Sponsoring the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. What do you think about that, Big Phil? I heard you're on the phone here. You, you hear that? We got a little Kentucky Whiskey Bourbon sponsoring the countdown. Oh. Yeah, Kentucky Bourbon. Oh, my gosh. When you go down there, and I visit my family, friends in Kentucky, there could be a bar with a 1,000 bottles on it. It looks great, and it's all, it's all bourbons. And everybody down there is an expert. I'm not, but uh, good for you and good for Paul, everything that you're sponsored. Hey, Kentucky, you need a little bit of that in you. That Woodford Reserve that gets sent to you because uh, they're in partnership with your son here with the uh, Top 40 Countdown, will it sit at your house for years and years and years, or will it get open and kind of slowly disappear? Well, I I don't want to say anything bad about your sponsor, but it might um, not be drained as fast as it would maybe at uh, your house. Or Christopher's house. I don't know. It'll be good decoration <laughs> either way. Dad's like a yeah. once-in-a-while drinker. Yeah. He's not, you know, I'm like, I kind of go hard on the weekends and enjoy my drinks. It sounds like you sip on a little something most nights, right? Some nights. Yeah, some nights. All right. And then <laughs> uh, and then Dad's like a, you know, every now and then kind of guy. You know, we can go on there in a summer afternoon and one Saturday, Dad's not drinking at all. We come back the next week, he decides to have a drink. That's kind of the way he is. He's a, he's a lightweight that way. Seems, no, seems no, a, it's lightweight. It's just about making a decision and trying to show the discipline <laughs> not to fall into traps. Discipline, okay. all caps. Discipline. And that's what it's truly about. I'm not going to have a drink today. I don't need it to have fun or talk to people. 
and I don't need to, I can unwind, or I don't know, well, whatever. I don't know how I unwind. I know how I do, but it's not, surely not by drinking, that's yeah. for sure. All right, good. But but it's all good. You talk top 40 quarterbacks with your son, probably. Yeah, well. Uh, yes, we had a few conversations about it. Yes, we did when he was drawing up the list, and I said, oh, my God, you got to do this already? And he said, I thought maybe you would hold it off until preseason football or but right there at the end, but. Here you go. You guys are talking about 25 to 21. Is that what we're doing today? 25 to 21. I mean, listen, dad is always my number one talk to guy when I do my top 40 countdown. So, I mean, exactly. I I have to, as I've discussed with you, I have to talk it out a little bit. Dad and maybe two other friends I have in the NFL are the only people I talk to about these type of things and trust and go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a really damn good point. So, I mean, Dad, I don't think is going to have too many huge disagreements. He might. I mean, because, you know, Dad might have said, oh, I would have put this guy above that guy. I didn't mean I just listened to him all the way. Oh, that's a good point. Sometimes I went, Dan, that is the point. You're right. I'm moving him. You know, we had some fun conversations. Then a few other times he goes, I don't think I'd put it, and I made a few points. He goes, that's the point. You're right. Leave him there. And so we, we, that's where my dad is, is clutch. So I'll what do you yeah. think? Anything that you look at, you know, 21 through 40, I did send you my list here a little while ago just in case you wanted to digest it and research it a little more that you think's interesting on second thought or whatever? Well, yeah. No, not really. As I looked at the list, it's just too many. I just kind of looked at it and went through 21 through 25 since you – uh, showed them today and all that. And I did right away just go, you know what, I would put Jameis Winston ahead of uh, Taysom Hill. Okay. Um, that's my first thing, just experience. Um, you know, the, the fact that he's dropped back and thrown so many footballs in his career. And, of course, I'm putting all this on Sean Payton that this will be a, a different Jameis Winston right. we see than we did in Tampa. Yeah. And, you said it. I've heard you say it, Paul. You know, uh, you you you're on with Mike, Christopher, and you talk about it. Yeah, Jameis Winston. I watched all the interceptions on one reel one time, and they had a common theme. Uh, second, in other words, uh, taking too many chances, yeah, of course. Right. But that's how he's taught. Yeah. Um, getting away from pressure and then making throws, trying to make a big play down the field. Definitely. I thought was a big uh, problem. Yeah. And the biggest thing of all is that he just loses the football, uh, you know. And you've heard me say this many times. When you lose the football two or three times a game, that's the difference between 6-10 and 10 and 10-6. Ten and yeah. It's just you can't lose control of the ball. And he does, and it's always only one way, and that is high. Well, that's good you're saying. It's kind of like what we – I mean, you kind of just laid out exactly how I laid out the issues with him and why I made him behind Taysom Hill because I don't – you know, Dad, like I said exactly kind of what you said. Yeah, if you're just going to say pure quarterback play, it is Jameis Winston. But I kind of explained it as like we, we got to look, you know – above and beyond that, at least in my opinion, to where like Taysom Hill is a force of nature. That's how I kind of look at it. He's a weapon. It's different than how we look at the quarterbacks. And, you know, I think with his running, he controlled the ball way better than I thought he was capable when I went back and watched yeah. him last year throwing the ball. It throws perfect spirals. We know he has a really yep. strong arm. And he showed, you know, great growth at the position. So it's like it, it was a tough one. I understand you wanted to go with Jameis there. I, I mean, well, I'm not, I don't think it's crazy. You already made a good argument against me. That, sure. Well, you know what? I made it against my brother the other day, too, because he said the exact same thing you did. 
my oh, brother. Okay. He was over. <laughs> he was over, and I show, he goes, oh, I want to see the whole list. So I showed him the list. He goes, oh, no way. He goes, I'd have Jameis in front of Taysom. And I said that to him, and he did. He goes, well, he goes, you've changed my mind. I think you should put Taysom in front of him. Yeah. yeah he goes, if you explain it like that, people won't be mad at you on TV. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, that's a great thing. I think the one thing I would like to see and, and see if they do to really um, – if, if Taysom Hill is going to be the guy, then, of course, that means Sean Payton is going to release him. And we're not going to kind of manage the game a right. little too tight, and we're going to use his running. and this. Let the running, yeah, you do an occasional run or whatever, but really let the running come from drop-back passing right? and the scrambling and stuff like that. That's where you. That's where I think he's going to get his big yards, be more effective. Yep. And uh, the thing about Jameis, too, you know, I'm not going to get into quite the – the mechanics of it, but kind of the way he holds the ball with his hand and everything just lends itself to letting the ball go high, too. Definitely. I mean, I, I've always noticed that. It looks weird in his hands. It, it does, it. and it's it's the reason. I think it's one of the big reasons why he does throw it high. Um, well, I know it is. Shoot, I've watched it too much. I saw it at Florida State when he was coming out, Yeah, and I just go, he needs to change the way he holds it. And, you know, like I said, Firm up his wrists a little bit. That's yeah. the big thing. Right. Uh, so uh, that's I, I, I agree, Dad. I like mean, over people's heads, but it's it's the truth. And you know, but oh, I forgot. I forgot. Oh, you can't teach accuracy, Paul. You just can't. You know, Tiger Woods. You know, you can't change your swing. Oh, you did ten times. Oh, they all worked. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Josh Allen. Well, it's because you know they changed. They got. They got Stephon Diggs. That's why he's completing more. Yeah, shut up, everybody. <laughs> yeah. But but you're right with the Jameis thing. There's something that has to be adjusted there. You know, the well, con- it's not going to be. Well, I know. I just okay. I know. I wonder. Well, not that he's going to change the mechanics or anything like that. But I just he holds the ball like he's got big hands, and he doesn't. He has small hands. And right. Dad and I again, we're going in the mean? we're going in the weeds here. Ball. Well, he grabs the ball. You know, like. Brady, like two hands on, two fingers on the the laces, or they're grabbing the meaty part of the ball, the fatter part of the ball. But this now, this is in the weeds. But this is what Dad and I do. If you look at some of these quarterbacks recently, Mahomes who has small hands, and uh, I'm missing a few other guys here. Lamar Jackson, Zach Wilson's another one. Exactly right. Where they've gone? Okay, my hands aren't big. You know, fuck you. I'm going to move the ball up to the smaller part of there, and I'm going to grip it there. Yeah. So, like, Mahomes will go one finger on the one top lace and then the pinky fingers underneath. So he's holding the really top part of the ball to where it doesn't matter how big his hands are. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to have the Brett Favre meat, meat cleaver mm-hmm. that can grab the whole football and do that type of thing. And that would be one thing that I would I, – I, if I had a Jameis Winston in the offseason, I would experiment with them change a little bit of that. Yeah, oh, no, no question. Yeah. And, and I would change the way, you know, again, it just – his wrist is bent backwards of whatever, so I'm not going to get into that. A couple things. Uh, I, I think it's great when you watch these guys, Mahomes, Zach Wilson, there's a reason why they can maneuver the ball better. Let's put it this way. You're grabbing a baseball instead of a football. Uh, that's a, it's not that drastic, but just to give you an example. So if you grab something smaller, your arm can be faster. Right. And you can manipulate the ball even more. So yeah, that that's... And I, you know, I, Christopher, you know, and Paul, we throw with a, especially my son throws with a ton of kids and a high level kid that's going to be offered by everybody and has been, and just got a message. He just got offered by somebody today. 
because he had you know you have to go to the campuses to try out. He you know just just watching him changing his grip a little bit just went wow it went from an eight to a ten yeah I mean it really jumped and it just changed everything about him so Paul what's your answer well, to this wait. and I heard it again yesterday what to which one. Somebody on the radio, I'm listening. Well, you know, you just can't teach accuracy, and I just go, oh my! God. What do you think, Paul? <laughs> I think it's I think it's twofold. If you can, I think it's number one. Can you expect someone to see it quicker and improve their decision making? Because that has a lot to do with the accuracy. Uh, but then it's finding somebody like the two of you. I mean, how many people out there know what to look at in terms of where That's, you place your finger thing. on the lace, or how much of the ball are you carrying, or you need to drop down a little more. How many people know that? So, I mean, I've – from the, the first time I threw with you, Phil, and that's, that's the most I learned about throwing the ball. You know, I played my whole life, and in four hours throwing with you, I learned more than I did <laughs> my entire time at Iowa. And that's not a put-down to any of my coaches. It's just a point. There aren't that many people who can teach the kind of mechanics that can help you with the accuracy. So that's my well, response you, you, is can you find thing. somebody. It, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. You're right. And the four hours I had to laugh at because it was the longest workout in history. I'm still <laughs> tired. We I'm still we've tired. We've talked about this before and laugh. But, you know, that that is true. But, you, you know, it's like golf. The ball doesn't lie. And guys that are not accurate are, are most likely doing something wrong. And you spot that, all of a sudden that changes them. And I always mm-hmm. say this. When you gain control of the football, you become a great decision maker. Yeah. Right. Because you see it and believe it. Guys sometimes that are not, you know, inaccurate or whatever, the the, the decision-making goes along with it. Yeah. They don't trust it. Oh, I, can I throw it in there? And I always tell this story. I was doing the Jets a weekly show with Bill Parcells. They were playing Green Bay. Brett Favre threw a ball down the seam between in the tightest coverage you could ever see, and he just rips it in there. The tight end catches it for a touchdown. And Parcells is sitting there before we do the show. He goes, why do you think he threw that? And I said, because he knew he could get it in there. And Bill just started laughing. He goes, you're right. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, so it happens to all guys. And you become more confident when you control the ball. That helps, too. And it changes who you are when you really know what to do with it or how you can control it. Decision-making, confidence, belief, and and just makes you feel better uh, all around. You're not worried that, oh, this could you know, guys, and I've said this to many guys I've thrown with who were very somewhat successful. I said, "You always worry about the that you might lose control, right?" Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and they admit it to you. And um, so, if you can find the problem, which is easy, and you correct that problem, all of a sudden they become a different person, a different decision maker, and a different thrower. Two and under five. That's how he grips it. Just I, I just looked Talking just to make laces. sure. So he's got the the ring finger on the the second gap. And then the pinky fingers under the five. He has very small hands. Okay, it's, Who are you at? Uh, that's what Jameis Winston did. And you know, here's another oh, okay. thing too. I mean, with Jameis Winston with the grip too. You know why? You know he, he doesn't. He, he, you know the number one reason I know he doesn't trust the ball and where he controls it, like Dad's saying. Why is that? Because he went through a year where he wore a glove on his throwing hand. Oh, so that just tells you. Yeah. Well, that's what guys do. It's like you know yeah, Brady went through that sign. year too. Yeah. yeah. It, Ren Roethlisberger too. Some of the greats did it. Yeah. Where they just they lose a little bit with their mechanics or whatever, and not doing the quite the right thing. And like what Dad's talking about, and then they go, "Let me get the." 
glove on because yeah. at least I can really just grip it and I don't feel like it ever comes out of my hand funny. Right. And when I yeah. when you see anybody with a glove, I go, oh, well, they're yes. having issues throwing the ball. Then yes, right, almost always. He's he's got. I would say move up a notch, go one and under four, one and three, something like that. He could do that. Uh, but we're in the weeds with with that one and for sure. Th- there aren't that many people. Back to my point, there aren't that many people who can look at that and say you need to do this to get a better control. No, no, ball. I'm, Paul. A that, very small that, number. Of that people. is the point. That is the right. point. Natural throwers can be fixed. You can fix their mechanics. We've seen Rodgers and Brady do it throughout their career. We've already seen Josh Allen do it in the last two years. They fixed their mechanics. Mm-hmm. They, re, they refined it. So if you're a natural thrower, you can do those type of things. Too many of the times we talk about guys that are not really natural throwers, a.k.a. the Tim Tebow's of the world, and we try to say that. No, he was not put on earth to do that. Sorry. No, he can't do it. Nor can Blake Bortles. Yeah. I don't care who he, It's going to be hard to coach those things out of them. They're just yeah. not in them to do it. And then your point's the most important point that I say all the time. There's just only a few people in the NFL that really know throwing mechanics, you know, rhyme and reason. Wait, the ball did this? It's because you did that. Right. And that, yeah, that to me, is, is a, yeah. that's really the big issue. 100% true. Because, you know, when you do and you get in those slumps, you know, you turn your head and you'd like for somebody to tell you something <laughs> to get you out of that slump. Right, right. And sometimes it's, they can tell you something that's not even right, but it clears your mind. Right. And you get you, you gain confidence once again. Yeah. You, you get, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like you're just like, oh, get, get your base wider. And it's you're like, okay, yeah, you're right. I could have got a little wider. It's not a big thing. But all of a sudden you go, wait, that, felt, that throw felt good. It wasn't really this big major thing, but it did it. And, and they're like, Dad, tell him. I mean, Dad played for 15 years. He had one guy his whole career at the end of his career – who told him anything about throwing? Who was the one guy? Go ahead, Dad. Jim Jim Fossil. Jim Fossil. Yeah. yeah. He told me a couple things. I, I did one thing, you know, not to get into details. It was during the off season. He showed me, you know, how to hold the ball with two hands better, all that. I'm out throwing the ball. He's standing behind me watching. I'm throwing speed outs, you know, the 10 to 12-yard outs. Right. And we got like six receivers. So I'm just getting the ball, throwing it, dropping, throwing and I'm hitting everyone, whatever, and he's standing back there with Charlie Weiss, and I turned around, and I said something very, uh, what's the word for it, dirty? Colorful. Man, why the fuck didn't I know this the last 13 years? That's what Dad something probably said. just like that. <laughs> yes, something like that. And then, No, no, I said, I said, I didn't say why. I, I just go, man, this is just BS, and I can't believe this. And Jim Fossil's eyes popped up. He goes, whoa. What's wrong? What's wrong? I said I should have known this crap, you know, so long ago. Yeah. And because it really, it, it, it was like just the start, Paul. Yeah. Of one thing led to another. Then in practice, I'd throw a ball and I go, God Almighty! How do he goes? Don't worry about. it. I'll show you what you did later. We got to watch it in film. You're cool. Just keep throwing. Yeah. And then yeah. he'd show me in film the littlest thing. I go, Oh my God! Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know. So that's kind of what got me hooked. Into watching, learning, teaching, yeah, and um, you know, so it's 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 fun, but it does, as you guys know, <clears throat> and I know, it has a lot to do with guys' success rate in the NFL. Even because we got a lot of natural throwers in the NFL. Yeah, we right do now, right now. For sure. There's no doubt. You're right. More than ever, maybe. Yeah, I would say the three things, just to put it in Cliff Notes version, yeah. that that Phil taught me in in one day, and like. Backing up a little bit, I can remember being on the right hash of a game, throwing a comeback to the left sideline, and when the ball, I release it, it's halfway there, and the thought in my head, I don't know if that's going into the second row or if it's going to hit my receiver 
between the two eights. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know until it gets there. Right. And what he did that helped me know, I was in my 40s, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Three things. <laughs> Number one, shorten my stride. Right. So my balance was better. Right. Keep my weight behind the ball. Right. Behind which the was ball. Huge. Oh, even on that I, back I, leg. I never heard that. Stay right. back and drive it with my weight instead of having my weight in front of it. Right. And number three, nobody ever told me it wasn't great to have a way over the top release. I know. He had me drop it down a little bit. Right. Stride length, yeah. weight behind the ball, three quarters, and I knew where that ball was going. Yeah. Didn't right. matter since I was forty three. Right. Nobody gave a shit but me. Yeah. But those three things change you. Game changer. Well, you know, golfers don't, they go around the ball too. Yes, they do. So tennis players go around the ball. Baseball players do the same thing. And it's not over, you know, we see very, very few throwers in the NFL that have the really high release. Now, if it's high and wide, that's good. It's 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 about rotating. And, you know, when you rotate, you can rotate, you know, just faster, and your arm will relax and flex more, and that's where the power comes from. You know, creating opposites, that's what you did. You stepped, you know, you stayed back, you get your upper body moving more than people think you should. They want you, oh, be real rigid. That's kind of what we're seeing guys, Mahomes, like all of them, Aaron Rodgers, they can throw the ball standing on their back foot and rotating their upper body. Mm-hmm. and. They, Aaron Rodgers, I was just watching tape on him the other day for some reason. I don't know why it came up. And he throws almost everything, it seems like, off his back almost foot. Almost all of it, right. Yeah. Because it, it, I, when I teach kids, they just go, oh, yeah. I said, now don't get into this like every throw. Yeah. But it's great to know when people are running at you free that you can stand on your back foot and still throw a 20-yard in cut. You can throw it down the field. You can do anything. Mahomes got like that too. Has such great feel yeah. when he does it. That's right. the reason why he stays on his back foot a lot to throw the football. Yeah, you have great control of it that way. You have great feel for it. Mahomes, I feel like, is getting a little to that point too, where he's just like, ah, I'll just stay on my back foot. I'm only going to really drive and throw the heater when I need to. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. 92, and then the right spot's fine for me. Tyreek Hill can run and see you later. Touchdown, Chiefs. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, 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 what, that's what they are a little bit right now. I, I, I had this conversation with my little boy the other day because I was like, man, well, he was throwing footballs, and I'm going, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is always a great one to watch. He, who should I watch? Aaron, he's, I go, his mechanics are, are pretty much flawless. They're perfect. Well, it looks like he always has the ball right by his ear, Dad. It's like I don't want to throw like that. And I said, man, Philip, it's not right by his ear. I know it looks like that. But I promise you, if we go in there and watch it on YouTube right now or whatever, and we slow it down, his, when he throws the ball and releases, his arm is going to be totally straight. And on like what degree angle is that? A 45-degree angle really far from his body. But I know it looks like he's staying in, like, doing it like this. But when he really uncoils at full speed, it looks like that. But it really ends up like this. I wish people would watch on YouTube to see what it, what it really is. His, his hand and the ball and his arm are maximized in leverage and away yeah. from his head than using the rotation his dad is talking about. That's what allows him to throw Hail Marys in Detroit that go 70 yards far and 70 yards up in the air and almost hit the freaking rafters. Mm-hmm. That's why he can do that. It's the levers, the mechanics, and the body positioning that, w- that we're talking about. Um, hey, Dad, one more, one more thing or whatever here. I just wanted to ask you this about my, the rookie quarterbacks. You know, I had Zach, right. Zach Wilson at 27, Trevor Lawrence at 28. Would you have moved them in front of Daniel Jones? 
Oh, man. Would I have moved him in front of Daniel Jones? No, okay. I would not. All right. All I would have right. left it like it is. Okay. Let's let's get a little – let's get some uh, – what do you want to say? Some examples, a little history before we do too much with rookie quarterbacks. Right. Uh, it's been interesting. You know, I heard you this morning, I think it was, I'm not sure, talking about Mac Jones up in New England. I will say this, just watching when I see the little – blurbs of them throwing it looks like he is really letting it go right and he and he looks you know he looks faster in in the number not, not number, number 50, 50. <laughs> but it looks like he's really just letting it go with great confidence just like he did at alabama right and of course the the little thing that came out about drew Locke. Well, of course i think we all knew that we'll see if he finally puts it together and it for him it's not about talent it's just about okay responsibility yeah let's play the game understand the whole scope of the game and every play doesn't have to be running to the right falling away from the line of scrimmage and throwing it across the field 30 yards or something crazy just manage the game better and just you know be more careful i don't know it's hard to what i'm trying to say but that's all he needs to do the talent is there right and i think he's had his feet put to the fire teddy bridgewater coming in all the aaron Rodgers rumors if that doesn't make you buckle down and really try to do your job better, then I don't know, you have no chance in. So Yeah, um, yeah. But that, that, Zach Wilson, you know, I know people that work out in some of the gyms that, you know, we go to and everything like that, some of the players, and, hey, all they can talk about, wow, it's in person. He's even better than they expected. So, um, yeah, it's all. And I think we all yeah. kind of know that just from what we read and hear. Right. And that uh, – it's always, and I've said this to you too, Paul, I had Mike Lombardi just said the worst oh, day of being a GM. I said, what day is that? He goes, when the rookies take the field for the first time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And he just, I just hope our first rounder looks like the first rounder and our fifth rounder doesn't look better than him right. or, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. So I'm sure it really is a, 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 a tough day for GMs yeah. and everything when they get that first look at their rookies during camp, whatever, you know, they want their high draft picks to come through right away mm-hmm. for them. So well, I always that, found that interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, yeah. before I let you go, you're 23 Fitzpatrick I'm cool with. Maybe I ought to put Big Ben in front of Jimmy G. Maybe not. It's not a big Man, deal. Man, it was a tough one, though. It was tough. I know. It's tough. So. Big yeah. Ben. Hey, Matt Canada, the new coach, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, listen to your quarterback. Yeah, you want him to be part of it, but don't take all of his advice. Right. That's I, I kind of explained that with like I, I actually used that as a part of a negative with Ben Roethlisberger, saying I think he affected the way their offense looked last year. That was part of the reason I kind of gave Jimmy G the edge. I, I did try to explain that a few minutes ago before you got yeah, on, on the phone. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. And, you know, listen, drafting Najee Harris, of course, is going to change things. Right. And and then look, their offensive line. It's it's big. You know some. Guys that have been there, you know, not high picks or whatever, but yeah, guys they look, believe in. The, yeah. It's got to be about the defense and and play to the strength of your team, right? And that's always what you want to do. And I think uh, Pittsburgh's going to they're going to try it. I think that's what Mike Tomlin's going to want. Uh, it's easy to say, hard to do when you got a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that Big Ben realizes it and the writing's on the wall. Right, and that's why he offered to take less money. And then finally, you just go, "You guys want me to play this way? Okay, I'll freaking do it. Whatever you say, let's do it." Uh, hopefully, he's at that point of his career where yeah, it, let's, it's, it's let's, let's win that. games. Right. Yeah. That's what it's about. Let's, right. let's do it. Let's do this and be, 
you know, my God, I've never seen a team go from where they were last year and almost just completely fall apart because yeah. <laughs> it just everybody got used to seeing the same thing from them, all the short passing. And, you know, too, last thing. Yeah. Short passing is more dangerous than throwing it down the field. Oh, thank you. Thank you. God almighty, oh, you know. Because. And it, it's the hardest thing to do, too, for most quarterbacks. Definitely. Because there's no room for error. Definitely. I, th- Dad, I'm so glad you brought this up. I've been meaning to bring this up. I've actually used, again, here's another one. All right. I hate to, I'm dad. I'm a dad now. My little, Embrace it. Well, my little boy's flag football team. Yeah. He's got this coach who, it's, he, oh, we're going to be, we're going to throw it short and just kind of nickel and dime our way down the field. And I, I, la- I couldn't take it. So last week I finally said something. I said, you know, one of the best things to throw the ball short is send everybody deep and just have one guy short. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I didn't learn that until like New England or when I got around Josh McDaniels. They would have passing concepts that were very aggressive. It's, it's Gronk and it's Amendola. They're going down the field. And Brady knows, okay, wait, this coverage is the time for me to look at that and maybe do it. But he knew the right coverage and when those aggressive plays weren't going to be there. And then he could look like, hey, I'm looking for Gronk downfield. I'm looking for Amendola downfield. Even though he knows now on this defensive look, I got Edelman underneath against one linebacker and he can do anything he wants and there's no way they'll stop it. It's the best way to throw it short. You know, I played with yeah. Gruden who would, we're going to throw it short, and all five guys went short. Yeah. And it was like, man, I got to throw this ball for mm-hmm. four yard gain? Mm-hmm. Like, fuck me. Forget that. Like, I, I couldn't stand that. It was torture. Right. I got to get make sure it doesn't get batted and a fast linebacker and a safety and a three inch hole, all for a four yard gain. Yes. Like, it's stupid. Yep. You don't see New England even do three-step no, drops, really, right. because of that. And you, you also bring into play with that three-step drop if you're from, from under center. Even if it's only two yards downfield, if you're hustling to get to that three back and go without a hitch, your balance is so out of whack. Hard to have that control of the ball, even if it's a, quote, short throw, it is. if your balance is off. If you drop back, you can gather a little bit and feel good about yourself. Get in that your body half in the right you position. You can put it wherever you want. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. I, I mean, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, go ahead. It's the hands. I mean, just think about the yeah. Cleveland playoff game against Pittsburgh. Right. How many times they just, oh, it's going to be, comp- oh, somebody reached up and hit it with exactly. their fingertips interception. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that game says it all. and Well, many games towards the end of the year for Pittsburgh, just, hey, it's, it's, it's you said it, all short routes, trouble. Right. So, mm-hmm. And New England was great. It's almost like they created, knowing if they got in a formation, they're going to get coverage, and Brady was going to look over here. But he, like you said, Christopher, so true. He knew all along where the football was going, but he let everybody follow his eyes a little bit, right. open up a bigger hole for the short throw, and, of course, that means more run, you know, more yards after the catch. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, really, really true in a in a in a. I gotta remember a good that. Thought. A good it's a good thought. I'm I know. On TV. Yeah, yeah, I know. It is. It's a good. Of course, thought. I know it. And some things you just don't bring out, and you have to uh, need to talk about that. And then seven weeks later, I still haven't talked about it. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, um, you the man. All right, guys. Paul, good, nice to talk to good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, man. All right, man, Christopher. And you know, I heard you were bashing my ass. Wait, how'd you find out? Your... I've been wanting to know this. How'd you find out? Who told you? Oh God, who listens? And somebody <laughs> you weren't? <laughs> no, I didn't listen. I do uh, sometimes listen. To I know podcasts. you do. Sometimes I know. Sometimes I'm in my office, yep. which I'm now. It might have been my. It might have been Brian. My, you know, your my, my brother-in-law, Brian yeah. right? Mm, the brother-in-law is <laughs> your dad killing you. You, you're supposed to come on, and you know, hey, hey. <laughs> It's all playful. I get yeah. I gave it to you last week. Real good. It was playful, but yeah. I really I got you good last week. Yeah. Hey, I know it's playful. I don't. You know. Hey, you know how much it affected me. 
Zero. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> when there's a target out there, sometimes it doesn't matter who it is. You got to take it. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's it's right. okay. All right. All right. You guys have a great day. See you, Dad. You, you too, man. All right. See, see you. you. Bye. At the theater, more than the movies come to life, movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. I catch myself in these conversations where it's like if I'm sitting at home and I'm talking to you two guys, like, this is great. I could do this for six hours. Thanks. I'm wondering, like, I hope people are okay with us talking about what his, his ring finger goes I on know, the third place. Yeah, like I know. It's, accuracy. It's, it's, uh, this, is, this is the way we talk, though. And I think this is the way a lot of, you know, all-in type quarterbacks would talk. Love it. Yeah, that's what we do. Now, listen, I, I won't lie. If he comes over the house sometimes on a Saturday summer night and it's a barbecue, he still wants it's to talk about thing, it. And I'm, I'm like, sure. Dad, I'm yeah. three drinks in, and let's talk about something else. I can't do it right now. Right. Like, you know, Chris, for all Three drinks of? Of Woodford, Woodford. Reserve. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, like, I'm like, Dad, I, you know, I've worked and watched football all week. Like, let's, like, I don't need to talk about it right now and all no. that. Um, but I, I, I'm glad he brought up the Zach Wilson thing. I am yeah. brought it because – uh, you know, Dad and I, you know, yeah, he works out at a gym where I think he sees a lot of Jet players. We know some people within the Jets organization. I mean, obviously, there's no doubt about it. And we've just heard really nothing but rave reviews. And, and, and listen, I, I'm sure other teams have that too. I haven't talked to Kyle about Trey Lance. He probably didn't want to tell me anything right now. So, yeah, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard. I don't know anybody really in Jacksonville to have the, the update on Trevor Lawrence. But, yeah, I, I've just heard Zach Wilson's been He's like, been it's one draw dropper after yeah. another. Yeah. It would be if it plays out that way in the season. I mean, that's just wearing, good for fans. Yeah, right. And he's wearing number two, Chris Sims' old number. Man, it's, wow. I know. Did, didn't Flutie wear two for Flutie a while? Flutie wore two for a while too. Yeah. He did. He went from twenty-two to college, and then he was in that two there for. Two. I think with the Bears and all of his years up in Canada, and then I think in Buffalo he got to number seven, if I remember there when he was with Rob Johnson and. Company. Do you remember when Bernie Kosar was wearing twenty? Oh yeah, Miami and yeah. all that. Definitely, so I good. do. I was really, I was really young. I don't know if I really knew that until. I saw him in the NFL maybe yeah. at the age of six or seven and would see those back. Uh, but, yeah, big Bernie, awkward body. 
Funny awkward release. everything, but and wearing a weird number, but winning games and putting we the ball. We should go back and look at his numbers sometime for a June show, like the mid to late eighties. What he was doing, legend, legend, <sighs> yeah. like not a Hall of Famer, but an all-time legend of the sport in a lot of ways. Played in a lot of big games. And quarterbacks, quarterback and was right cursed there, by was, John Elway. <laughs> I mean, basically, true, right? Yeah, yeah, a couple cursed, of times. Right. As promised, we are now circling back to uh, points back. Points bet, comeback player of the year provided by Points Bet. So here we go. Dak Prescott Woo. easily, without even a close second, Joe Burrow back there, 400 to 1. Dak Prescott is, is the guy. I mean, I could see that. We always know the quarterback gets favoritism. He's really good. Their offense is really explosive. That's some damn list right there, though. Like, that is some list. Who do you think is a better bet to be on there, Garoppolo or Winston? Ooh. Just kind of long shots. Yeah. Um, mm, man. I'm going to say Gar- I'm going to go Garoppolo, gonna, too, just because I think I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm assured. I feel like he'll play. He's going to play and be the week one starter, I guess. I'm, I'm thinking. Good chance of the win. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going with that there. There's but, man. names up there. Saquon Barkley there. What? Joe Burrow. McCaffrey. McCaffrey, yeah. I mean, McCaffrey could have a, you know, 1,400 yards running, 1,000 yards receiving. And, right. I mean, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I mean, Nick Bosa, Von Miller. Yeah. Holy crapola. I mean, that's a legit group right there. That, that's, that's legit, like, up for grabs this year. Yeah. With this group. Comeback player of the year we just took a look at. The odds provided by PointsBet. What so up, PointsBet? We're at a fork in the road here. Do you want to do some uh, some AMA or do you want to do you want to advance a couple of AMA? Yeah. I've got, okay. I, I know I have one good one that Pete – it was a late ad okay. that I like quite a bit. All right. It's on my uh, – yep. Don't it, worry. It, get to it's it. It's as a text. Yeah. Okay. Here yeah. we go. Uh, this is from Sam Oringa. The way you describe Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, insanely similar – both headed to year three, second season with an offensive coordinator. Offense added pieces to support them. They have all the tools to be successful if mistakes are eliminated. If both clean up their game, who has the higher ceiling? Ooh, good one. I like that grouping of putting uh, Jones and Locke together. You know, it's funny he asked the question because I can remember talking about Daniel Jones and actually thinking, like, yeah, this kind of sounds a lot like what I said with Drew Locke. And it is a very similar situation. There's yeah. really no excuses with the talent around you at this point, right? It's about what you do. Uh, you heard Dad talk about Drew Locke. I'm gonna. I think Drew Locke has a higher ceiling than than Daniel Jones. I do. You know, I'm not gonna say it's like by a huge amount, but I see some special attributes with Drew Locke's talent. You know, kind of to what Dad's saying. I see an arm that I go, whoa! It's kind of a difference-making arm. You know, he's a pretty good athlete. I don't know if he's as fast as Daniel Jones straight away, but I feel like he's better. You know, moving around the pocket has a little bit more of a, a better feel that way. Like, you know, I, we got into Daniel Jones in the last podcast, and I know you weren't here with Ahmed, but to me that's my number one critique. Again, it's still that statue in the pocket, totally unaware of what's around him, trying to do the right thing and go through the reads. But it's just it's 2021. That day and age is done. you you got to look and be aware of the pass rush every now and then. That's what Mahomes and Rodgers do. You can't just be, I'm downfield, I'm downfield. Oh, yeah, and there's four 300-pounders trying to get me, and I'm never going to look at them or pay attention and just stand here. That's got to change about him. Uh, And I just don't think his high-end talent is quite as good as Drew Locke. Now, he's better at Drew Locke and kind of reining it in like Dad was talking about and not being so careless with decisions throwing the football. So that's where he has the advantage. But, you know, Locke to me has some really 
specialness about his game. Locke can be a top 10 quarterback in football. Physically. Physically, he right, definitely yeah. can. And we'll just see if he can, like Dad said, mature basically this year and do the right things and responsibility. Good question here from the homies about your 28th-rated quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and number 27, Zach Wilson. This one comes from Florian Grossberg. Love the pod. As rookies, Herbert and Burrow were somewhere between 10 and 20 among the quarterbacks last year. Why don't you have Wilson and Lawrence ranked somewhere that high this year? So I think Herbert and Burrow were, what, like 23 and 24-ish last year, Pete, somewhere in there? Was that where we had them? I, I can look it up they here, too. They were in too. the mid was it the mid-teens or 20s? I thought it was. They were not in the 20s. 30, yeah, Herber- Ter- Herbert was 37, so I didn't have him. Bur- Burrow was, was 26. 26, so I didn't go that far. You liked them more than that. I definitely, well, you know that. I loved Herbert. Had, yeah. I loved you Herbert. You had the I, governor on that one. Oh, I had the governor on it. I didn't know what to expect as far as his growth and being able to handle the NFL. You, I think we talked about this a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah. I was worried about the offense he came in Oregon. Right, right. I thought there was going to be a little bit of a learning curve there and some issues there. So that's where it is. You know, I, so I, I, uh, you know, again, I had a huge bump up for both of those guys in the top 10 yeah. when I did it like after week 11 updated rankings because they were special i mean they're doing things where i go uh no there's not many fo- people in football that can do some of the things they're doing right now uh i both of the like wilson and lawrence have that ability it, again i hate to paraphrase my father for the second time here in five minutes but okay I, i'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit about a guy i haven't seen and i just like to have a little bit more information rather than the guys of putting him in front of Jameis and daniel jones and ryan fitzpatrick totally aware that their high end and talent is greater than those guys totally but it's still the nfl it's still an adjustment and I got to see it a little first before I can just put them in front of guys who I've seen it and, and seen have success in the league already. All fair points. Yeah, always fun to come in and talk football during the week with you. Yeah. A lot of other sports going on around here uh, at the Peacock inside yeah, this building. Do. PLL season number three woo is woo. starting tomorrow. It's starting on Friday. It's at Gillette Stadium. That's where it started uh, two seasons ago. You can check it out on Peacock Friday, 7 o'clock, Cannons Redwoods. There's two games on Saturday. Two games on Sunday, combination of NBCSN and also Peacock. If you like fast, physical sport with great athletes out there, I didn't know a lot about it uh, three years ago, but man, oh man, it's been a fun, fun group to, watch. to be a part of. It's been it's, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and Cannons, you see the Cannons, they're playing first. Right. It's their first year in the PLL. Last 20 years they were playing in the MLL. They were added this season as the two leagues merge. But they have a, a, a popular name or a name you might know in the NFL, Chris Hogan. There Chris you Hogan go. made the cut, played played receiver for the Patriots, uh, was part of really good teams there. Right. Well over 1,000 yards in his career there. And uh, I think he played for about 10 seasons. But he played lacrosse at Penn State, and he just made the roster cut. I was wondering if he would. So he is on the team there with the Cannons. We'll, we'll see how it goes for You're going to be there on Sunday or Saturday or what days? I'm going tomorrow morning. I'll going be there tomorrow- Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Whoa, okay. All right. Yeah. Fun role. I, yeah. I get to host and report from the sideline. And that's a, that's a fun role for any sport in any league, but they, they are so welcoming to me down there. I can talk to them during the game. Coach calls a, a play. It's tied at eight in the fourth quarter. As soon as he calls the play, I can say, hey, what was that? What'd yeah. you call? So right. it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I bet it is. Lacrosse, I mean, growing up here in the Northeast, it's, it's part of the area yeah. up here. I came from a, a high school where Chris Hogan played, That's where right. they were yeah. one of the best teams. You know, he wasn't, he was after me, but athlete, but athlete. And we had a lot of good athletes at our school. We really did. And it, 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 uh, we were really good at lacrosse. I mean, really good. Not like the best team in the state, but always like 
top five in the state. So it is a lot of fun to watch. You're going to see some hits. Yes, and it's physical. Man, it is. It's physical, and they got weapons, and they can throw that damn ball hard. Like, you couldn't pay me Over to be the goalie. You couldn't pay me. Over no 100. Way. Yeah, that's, a, that's insane. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is a cool watch. I find it kind of fun to watch on TV. Yeah, give um, it a look. I'll be checking you out. You going to get a Belichick interview? I heard it's happening again. Are you really? Third year in a row. Okay. You know, well, Bill's a massive I know, lacrosse fan. Obsessed. Played in college. Yep. Uh, follows it. And uh, he, is, he is so happy to be talking lacrosse. Uh, you know, during the season, we see Bill and, the, you know, Bill Belichick on is Bill next, Belichick. On to the next game, on to Cincinnati. Uh, June, yeah. watching, you know, seasons a ways away, watching right. lacrosse, smile on his face, happy to be there. So I, I'm, I'm thinking that could happen tomorrow. Again. All right, that's awesome. I'll be, yeah. I'll be looking for that. And if it's good, you know, we're, we're going to play it next week when you're or back on here. Or, or if it's bad, actually, it might even be better. <laughs> Pete, Pete is telling me to go ahead and give this thing a wrap. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, wait. What about <laughs> – did we uh, – last thing. Let's sh- let me show this high school kid. Let's show him. Yeah. I, I, I'm a point – I know this has been a long podcast. It's all right. You know, you scheduled it for two hours. We're going to fucking go two Looks hours. Like John Daly. But, yeah, except, yes, it does. And what's this kid's name? Is it Tom Loy? Is that his real name? Okay. Who is this? Quinn Ewers. My bro- little boy shows me this last night on TikTok while I'm watching the NBA playoffs. Watch these throws. Just keep letting it go on loop if, if you can, Kristen, or whatever. <laughs> That's what I mean. It, this, going to oh, South Lake Carroll. So he's throwing the ball Outside 50 Dallas. times a game. Jeez. He's going to Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State already has a top-notch, like, number one Multiple. quarterback there right now yeah. uh, as a freshman who's real good that I know about. See, there's, that, there's that three quarters release. No, that's, Look at l- that. Listen, it's the evolution of quarterbacking. You're going to see every quarterback in football be able to do Mahomes and Josh. Look at that. That was yeah. a piss missile. That was a missile. Like, that guy dropped it right between his hands because he just didn't realize he guy throws it. This kid throws it so easy and could throw it so hard so easy that it's deceptive at times. That's what can happen to these type of guys sometimes because you just go, oh, it doesn't look like he's throwing it that hard, and the ball's a perfect spiral. It looks like it's coming in smooth, and then all of a sudden it goes through your hands, and you go, holy crap, that ball was moving. I didn't realize that. Special, it's the evolution of quarterbacking right here. It went, to me, at least in my opinion – where the game started to go this way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, if you because I'm just going. I'm, Brett Favre, it started yeah. there yeah. with different arm angles, gunslinger, all that. Rodgers took over the mantle, which then started to breed like Mahomes and the Josh Allens of the world. Mahomes got in the league a year before Josh Allen, so we got to see it, but they started to deliver these Mm. type of throws. And now you're seeing, of course, the results by what Mahomes has and how popular he has. All these kids, that's all they're doing. Like I've told you, I go out and throw in the driveway, and I got to go, hey, dude, Mahomes can do this He's because he's mastered technique already. Right. So he's, but we got to throw the ball the right way a little bit here. We can't just can't be Mahomes every throw. Yeah. You know, but that was special right there. Yeah. That was, I don't know how the player is, but the throwing was top-notch, like top-notch. Yes, it was, big yes. time. Um, and what I think when I watched that, when I was learning how to throw, you're supposed to step to the target and follow through to the target. And you mentioned Favre. was really the first guy to kind of throw and fall away regularly. Yeah, right. I mean, plenty of NFL quarterbacks could do it before him, but right. he did it all the time. Yeah. And that's what that kid was doing. I mean, he's not moving toward the target in any of those throws. He's falling away from no. it. But the release is so good and so powerful 
It's and so he's, repeatable because it's compact. He's it's doing matter. all the things that you talked about still with my dad. Right. Except he's just not stepping to the target right here. But he's still doing – he's kind of leaning on the back foot. Yeah. Though he's behind Falling the ball back, every yeah. throw. Yep. He's not trying to be like Johnny Quarterback school. Oh, I got a high release. The ball's way up here. No, he's not worried about that. It doesn't matter. You're outside the pocket. There's lanes to throw, all of those type of things. So, yeah, he's doing that. And I don't know, Kristen, can you tilt this camera up? I said I wasn't going to get up, but I might have you to lied. get up. Well – all right, I'll just – oh, I don't even need to. But, you know, again, hey, yeah, if I'm throwing to you, this is where I kind of want to be. Step, throw, do that, right? That's kind of where I want to be right there. Okay, if my feet are over here, I still can do that. You know, it doesn't matter. So I could still make it happen and go, okay, wait, I can get my upper body and my arm angle in the spot where I need to. And if I just kind of lean back, I'll be able to create some power. Yeah. You know, that's one of the first things I do with young quarterbacks a lot of the times if I'm – I make them stand in an awkward position a little bit with the feet cockeyed with a little base, no stepping or throwing here, but you just got to turn with the upper body. And they start to realize, holy shit, yeah. I'm, I'm throwing 20-yard out routes now, like perfect spirals missiles. Oh, wait, I'm throwing a 50-yard post, and I'm not stepping into it. I'm just doing that. And that usually turns on the light. So then mm-hmm. they go, wait, so what can I do now if I drop back and get my legs underneath me and do all of that? It's one of the things I always do. That kid's mastered it. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm excited to see what that kid's got. The hair. The hair. I love it. Joe oh. Dirt playing quarterback. <laughs> that is amazing. I know, right? I mean, the mullet is coming back, apparently. I'm seeing it more and more, I feel like. I don't know what anybody's thinking by sporting it, but it's apparently coming back. Let's see how long that lasts. Yeah. I don't know if they're two bigger quarterback nerds than the two of us. No, up we're up My there. My goodness. We're up there. Wow. All right, we're done. We're cool. Hey, what is up with your pants today? You got, like, strings on them. It's uh, it's it's June. You're cool. You got Ju- a lot of cool fashion stuff. It's it's June casual. So there's no, but there it's like a jean pant, but there's no belt. And go, you just go, have a string go there. Ahead and feel it's okay. All right. See, it's not it's it's not soft jean material. There you go. Yeah, it's like a okay. You yeah. always got a good little style. I'll give you that oh. for an, for an old guy that doesn't wear a weenie bikini. You're pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next pod. That's it. Check out PLL with he said Paul. Weenie bikini in front of the boss. Oh, that's okay. He's heard worse. He's from Boston. <laughs> all right, he'll be he'll be all right. Next pod, we got Ahmed quarterback uh, rankings. will continue. Thank you for the Woodford Reserve. You know yes. what I'll be drinking this weekend. Peace out, everybody. Have a good weekend. See ya. You the man, Polly B. All right. Man.